This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Part two of the interview James Baldwin did with Nathan Cohen in 1960 on a program called Encounter, which was a Canadian talk show, he says this simple thing. He said, in a country so undefined, James Baldwin said, in a country like America, so undefined, so amorphous, blackness was a certainty. He said, one knew where one was by knowing where the Negro was. You were not on the bottom because the Negro was there. So you have to keep Negroes on the bottom so that you never get there. And it was so profound when he said that because I thought about where we are today in 2019 uh, in a place where we're still fighting to get up from the bottom. And by we, I mean, of course, black folk in America. But if the system was designed to have a due south in this case, always to have a group on the bottom so that you never could possibly be there, how do we get up? Well, there are clues in this discussion that uh, James Baldwin has with Nathan uh, Cohen, but it starts with the definition of yourself. He said, when black people start to define who they are for themselves, everything changes, and it sends a panic through white America. It sends a panic through America herself, because when black people can define themselves for themselves and have a judgment about who they are, they also then can have a judgment about white people. And they can start to define white people. And that's where the problem starts. And so as I was listening to this unfold, and as I, again, I was listening to Nathan Cohen try to suss out what James Baldwin is actually saying, and it's not sitting right with his spirit because you can feel the discomfort as, he, as he's questioning James Baldwin because what James Baldwin is saying is that up until this point, blackness was always defined through the lens of a white person. A white person always got to tell black people who they were. And he said, what about people like Harry Belafonte? And he said, well, he's an artist. So, yeah, white people can show up and love him and sing Deo, Deo, you know, but that doesn't mean that they like him or see him as a full human being. That doesn't mean that they see him as equal. But it doesn't matter what Baldwin is actually saying as long as how Harry Belafonte sees himself as equal. And as soon as the Negro, as soon as the black person, as soon as the global majority starts to define themselves everything changes. And it goes back to this quote um, that Baldwin said that freedom, freedom is not given, it has to be taken. And when I think about that, even our image of self has to be taken. And I'm so grateful that we're in a place where so many people are defining themselves for themselves and not taking on the vision that America has for us or the world has for us, but we can do even more. So as you listen to this interview, with Nathan Cohen and James Baldwin, I want you to start to think about how you truly define yourself and is how you see yourself through somebody else's lens or how you see yourself, is it juxtaposed to how somebody sees you? And we have to start to really examine that because all of this equality and freedom and power starts in our mind and it starts with us. So that's the takeaway today. I hope you enjoy this coming up, this interview with Nathan Cohen and James Baldwin. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter, at Karen Hunter, at Karen Hunter on Twitter. Stay tuned. Well, the situation has changed in this respect, surely. That whereas before, uh, your American Negro depended on the NCAAP. NAACP. I'm sorry, NAACP, um, to conduct legal battles for them on a very small level. And that's, a, no, that's no. much more complex than that. 
Well, if I may just finish this point. Whereas before he depended upon that kind of organization, or he accepted the Booker T. Washington proposition, give me equal but separate facilities and I will be happy today, he will not accept. Cannot. Cannot accept that. Cannot. Now isn't this a qualitative change in the entire situation? Yes, but you must remember what I'm, what I, what I'm, trying, to, what I'm trying to convey. Because I'm not arguing that the situation has changed. I'm not even arguing you know, that the progress has been made. I'm not questioning the goodwill you know, of the people who are doing it or helping to do it. It's not the question. What I'm trying to get at is this. All right, all right, all right, that's true. But you, oneself, 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 the boy, the girl, no, is in fact living in a house that he can't move out of because he's black. But there is surely an end to these uh, wretched and miserable and degrading stereotypes uh, that I was brought up on as a white person, and all of us were brought up on our white, the, the Stephen Fetchets, the... Bojangles, Robinsons, the Aunt Jemimas, all these, the Octavius Roy Cohn stories and all the rest this of is all in, this is gone. This is incontestable. But what has come to take its place is not truer. It is still an image which is still designed not to reveal the truth but to hide it. A Belafonte, a James Baldwin, a Ralph Ellison, well, a Lorraine Hansberry are not closer to revealing the truth? Well, now, Ralph and Lorraine and myself are not performers. All right, let's drop Belafonte. Let's move into the world of letters. All right, all right. But before we drop Belafonte, let me say this. Harry, you know, is also, I think, you know, a, a very... Uh, obviously, you know, one of the most talented people around. And um, knows exactly what he's doing and has great... And he is very important. He's, he's even very important from the, from the point of view of morale building among Negro kids. He's very important. And yet, and yet, Harry, I have a feeling, must work within the psychological, emotional framework of the country. Now, you cannot be Belafonte and not know, after all, why people come to see you, you, know, and, you and not know, you know what it really is that's happening between you and your audience. But if we examine, and I think later on we should do that, try to, what is really happening, I think we will find that, um, again, the image has not changed. In some way, um, it, it is not that Belafonte is, it is not so much that this particular man is being accepted, though this is true, but what is really crucial is that something else, and something in the white world, I mean, has failed. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I follow that. All right, then how about our, how about our writers? Ralph, Lorraine, I, what one's trying to do, and um, the reason Lorraine's play is really important, the reason, you know, that Invisible Man is such an important achievement, is because it is the first time, almost the first time, I think probably the very first time, that a Negro has managed to achieve, to step out of the image um, out of the cage? Out of the cage, really. Now, let's compare this. This is um, arbitrary. I don't mean to be unjust, but I think that we can do it this way. I admire, I admire you know, the late Richard Wright very much. But there, at the heart of Native Son, which is a very important novel, the, the central figure, Bigger Thomas, is really a white man's idea of Negro. Now, because after all, what does happen 
is that the Negro takes the image which he's offered and believes it himself. You know. Mm -hmm. um, now, what Ralph did in Invisible Man was very, very different. It was very, very different. And superficially, perhaps, you know, the, uh, the novels may seem to have a great deal in common, but the great break between them is that Ralph dealt with his people and this boy from the inside and was no longer being described in any way whatever, really, by other people, but was imposing his definition of himself on the world. For years, for years and for years, for, well, for all the time we know about, really, all the time that matters to us, Negroes, black men, have been described by white people. Um, in order for the Negro slave to become uh, an American, he had to accept all the definitions which were offered him, the language, the psychology, the theology, the morals, everything. He was defining himself in terms of someone else's definition. And it's very important when the day comes, and instead of being defined by others, you are able to define yourself and the threat, which is always what is felt, by the people who have been describing you, is that if you can describe yourself, then you can describe them. And if you can describe them, what will you say? And in the case of the American Negro describing uh, white people, one can see, I think, how great the panic might be. Why? Well, what would I have to say about... Um, American liberalism. Yes, what would I really have to say about... Um, if I were going to describe... I can't name names, so... A hypothetical white liberal. Well, I know what he thinks he's doing. But what he's mainly doing is something which demands my tacit cooperation. He, I have to agree that I am what he says I am in order for us to have any dialogue at all. Now, if I don't agree that uh, he is what he... What, what, what he, what he you know, what I, I, I am what he thinks I am. Then inevitably, and I, you know, one sees this at once in the face, is of the people you're, you, you're, you're dealing with. It means that if I'm not what he takes me to be, that means I have, a, I have a standard of judgment, which is not his, which I may then be using to judge him. And which may cut the ground from under, under all the standards. All the other, yeah, exactly. Do you regard this as a, as a distinct threat to the, what shall I call it, the, uh, the sense of spiritual security, American? I think American, I think the Americans essentially, I don't think this, I know this. Yes, this is a threat to the American personality as it has so far been constituted. It's a threat to every, it is a threat to their definition of the world. It is, a, it is a threat to, their, to the way they, what they think reality is. For example, this may seem extremely far-fetched, but let's think about this for a minute. It has very often seemed to me that the American notion of the world, which makes it so simple, things are black or white, things are good or bad, people are straight or crooked, and life is not like that. I mean, anybody who begins to grow up knows that life is not like this at all. It seems to me that it's a reflection, a direct reflection, of the effort made by the white American to keep away, to, to not be threatened by black people. In some way, the, the American vision of the world is all wrapped up with their vision of black men 
which is to do their, has to do with their vision of themselves. Black is evil. The saved are white. Now, there is certainly a thread which connects this reality to, uh, which it may, makes, and makes it possible for uh, the Secretary of State to say, we will not do business with the devil. You see what I mean? This? No, I'm not. I, 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 you I don't follow I this. Follow Let me try to no, do it. it Let me try to do it again. Um, I was saying before that in a way black men were very useful to the American because in a country so absolutely undefined, so amorphous, where there were no limits, no height really, and, and no depth, there was one thing of which one could be certain. One knew where one was by knowing where the Negro was. You knew that you were not on the bottom because the Negro was, because the Negro was there. You knew one knows what sin is in the same way. One knows what danger is in the same way. When I said this face is invested with all the vices and all the sanctities, you know, of which um, people are afraid, that is one of the things I meant. Now, this implies a vision of oneself, it seems to me, and a vision of the world which doesn't stop at the American borders. It is also the way America deals with the world. And the world is much more complex than black or white. That was part two of the 1960 interview James Baldwin had with Nathan Cohen on the program Encounter, Canadian talk show. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter, at Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast. You can ask me anything. I'll pick a question, and on a Sunday, I'll address it. Till next time. <laughs>